You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we are thankfully breaking down an Auburn Tigers win, this time over the Tennessee Volunteers, number 25 Tennessee Volunteers. Tigers get the win in the Outlive Cancer game at home in Auburn Arena by the score of 77-72. to 72. Their overall record now stands at 12-13 and 13 on the year, 6-10 and 10 in the SEC. We're going to talk about everything, all the good things from this game, the action, the stats, storylines, everything around it. To do that, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, how does it feel to get a win? Oh, it's great. It's so it's so refreshing to be talking about an Auburn Tigers win. You know, in I last episode, I I, I blamed you, and yeah. rightfully so. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I like to throw the blame around of the new people because I've been doing this long enough. We know I'm not the jinx. I was here during the Final Four run, so any new blood in here, you're the problem. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but yes, it is nice to talk to you and we actually get to break down some exciting things about this game. And there's a lot going on around this game, even aside from the actual score of the game that yep. we want to discuss at the start with our kind of around the uh, program, whether it's in or out of it uh, type of storylines and things. I think the first thing I want to touch on, this is a personal note for me here. I don't know if Gray actually knows this or not, but this is a very important game for me every year, the Outlive Cancer game, because I lost my father to cancer uh, several years back. And so the fact that Bruce has taken upon himself, not obviously in, from my father in any way, but from anybody who has battled cancer uh, and has done this at, at his time during Tennessee, has done it now here at Auburn for several years, and he now coordinates with the Tennessee game. I think it's beautiful marketing. I think it's a genius move on his part. And I just love seeing this every day. Do you have any of the Outlive Cancer shirts? I do. I have one. Yep. I need to get more in my closet. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> Here I am saying I love this game, uh, particular game that he schedules every year, but I don't have enough of those. I just think it's a great uh, way that he can bring attention to it every year and, and around a very important game. Because I think you and I both agree that Auburn and Tennessee, usually in a normal year, don't you think the SEC runs through this game? I agree. I agree. Two of the top three programs in the SEC right now are these two and two teams that I wouldn't say Tennessee is struggling at, like, at the rate that Auburn has as of recent but not a team that is living up to the expectations that they got preseason. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, like you said, last episode, we were talking about how the ESPN executives were probably like, Oh my, <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> but really? it turned out to be, a, it turned out to be a great game. Just like that Auburn Kentucky game did. See, I think that's the thing that you know, too, is with this matchup, there's a lot here 
at stake because of Bruce's history with Tennessee. And, you know, while the sharpness of that time and that departure he had that has probably gone completely at this point, considering the success he's had since then and the way that Tennessee's had success since he's been gone. I think now it's, it's one of those things that that level of the rivalry is now gone. It's just the respect of two really great programs at this point. And knowing that really in a, and again, in a typical year outside of this year, the SEC has to come through us in some fashion. And I would argue even still to this day, that's still the case because while Auburn will not be participating in any postseason play, including the SEC tournament, the Tennessee game uh, is going to be have important implications on how this shakes out for seeding and stuff, not just for the SEC tournament, but postseason tournaments as well beyond that. Uh, A couple other big notes here is that uh, Sharif Cooper is still out. However, Justin Powell was back on the bench. You pointed this out to me. I didn't even notice it. Were you surprised by that? I was very, I was honestly very surprised. Um, But it's great to see him back out there, you know, with his teammates and being able to watch it because he hasn't been able to even watch these games. Um, It's it's, it's great to see him back out there um, enjoying time with his friends and teammates. and just get getting back in the flow of things because he's got an important off season coming up. So let me ask this again. I think we've touched on this before in previous episodes. You've had a concussion, right? I have. Yeah. So in my understanding, I have not fortunately knock on wood. Um, is that just simply getting back to something like this, where there's commotion, there's sound, there's light, there's a lot going on. When you have that type of head injury, just getting back to be able to be around is like a huge accomplishment. Is that it the is. case? It really is. Yeah. So that the fact that he's actually out there on the it's floor for yeah. his development in that injury. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's actually going to be able to just take that in and handle that for right now, that's a big step. Now, everybody, let's let's pump the brakes here. In fact, the TV announcers were doing this all throughout the game, trying to tease, well, maybe Sharif Cooper will come back and maybe Justin Powell can play in the last game. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening. No. Um, you know, I will say, though, there were some media outlets that were kind of pushing the story that Auburn has not ruled him out for any for the rest of the games this season. You buying that or are you going to sell no, that? No, I'm not buying that at all. Um, I just don't think it's a it's a it's worth it to him and to the team right now. Uh, I think getting him back out there on the sideline like today was worth it, you know, for his development and the injury and for you know his you know confidence, self esteem. Um, that I mean that was that I think that's as high as we're going to get though. Yeah, I would agree with you as well. And here's the thing. I always operate when you get rumors and speculation, things like that on the side of it's not going to happen so that I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And then on the opposite side of that, when it doesn't happen, like I thought it wasn't going to, I'm not there going to fall as far yeah. as most other people. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way I like to operate after being disappointed by my Auburn Tigers time and time <laughs> again. Uh, anyway. Uh, more on uh, well, actually, well, one more thing before we get to this game. Just a fun little note, nothing we have to really t- spend a lot of time on, but I just like to talk about these things. Keon Johnson of Tennessee actually has a connection to Auburn. His uh, he's the son of Consuela Sparrow, who played under Joe Champy for the Auburn women's basketball team here at a time. Uh, so I thought that was kind of neat. And here's my question to you, though. You know, we had this you know recent player with Austin Wiley who had a connection through at least one of the programs and Vicky Orr being his mother. Yep. Does that worry you that we we weren't able to bring in a player like Keon Johnson um when we had that tie to him similar to an Austin Wiley? I mean what are any thoughts on that? I don't think I don't think we should 
look into that as much as as much as you're trying to get me to look into that <laughs> right now. But um, I, I, that's something that that's cool. I think a lot of those players that have those connections do look at the schools that they have connections to, and a lot of them are uh, you know fans of those schools because of like uh, in Wiley's case, he was an Auburn fan growing up because that's where his mama went. Yeah. Um, but ties like that are cool. And especially if you can see a tie like that in a recruit, that that's an easy recruiting tool you could use for the player. Absolutely. It is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to make too much out of it here, but I just find that interesting when you get a guy like Austin Wiley, one of the highest recruited rated recruits that we had in some time at, at the time he was recruited, um, able to bring him in, but you weren't able to bring in Kean Johnson. I was just interested, like how big a thing that would have been for the Sparrow family or the Johnson family with his last name. What would have played into that? Uh, a couple other notes uh, from around this game. This is the sixth win in a row six in for a row. Auburn and Bruce Pearl over the Tennessee Volunteers. I saw one Kalate, uh Travis of, I guess, ESPN, if he's still part of that. I can't remember or not. Um, roasting Tennessee for the decision to fire Bruce Pearl based off of what just happened with this game and now six in a row. Um, what do you think about the win streak? I mean, is Rick Barnes ever going to get a win again against Bruce Pearl? No, he, no, no it, just, it won't, it won't happen. It won't happen. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to have not only uh, a chip on a program like Tennessee, but that's also a great recruiting tool, you know, you know, because yep. we're recruiting against Tennessee and a lot of these players that we're going after now, especially going with uh, going for higher recruits now with Pearl. Yep. Um, and that's, that's, that's another recruiting tool, you know, showing, you know, show me where Tennessee has beaten Auburn in the last six times, and then make your decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it is a great recruiting tool. Uh, you know, Auburn's making a lot of headway in the Kentucky, the Tennessee areas yeah. in terms of showing that those players that are coming out of those regions that, hey, yeah, it may be smart for you to kind of look a little bit closer to home. But look at the players that chose us over those mm-hmm. home state type of things. Come on over here and give us a look because we're doing big things yeah. uh, right now. So great little stat there to look at. And it's also the second win of the season over a ranked opponent with Tennessee just barely being ranked after their struggles they've had of recent. Which is more than Alabama. <laughs> this is very true. Don't skip ahead. You, I, I look, I know you want to talk about this game. I know you're hyped about it. We got we to finish the Tennessee one. Let's, let's enjoy what we have right now and talk about that. So let me, let me move along before Greg gets any more impatient to talk about that. Uh, the Tennessee game, in case you weren't able to watch, listen, I always like to give you kind of how it went down. First half, able, uh, Auburn was able to get off to a pretty solid start powered by their defense, but also Tennessee yeah. making some usual road mistakes with a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Auburn did go into the first half um, into that with the score 34 to 30. Now in the second half, it remained close for most of it with Auburn continuing to try to build a lead, but Tennessee fought back several times, but it was just too much for them to overcome on the road. The Tigers eventually get the win. Uh, 77 to 72 and the upset victory today. I think the big story here and the big success of this is Mr. Alan Flanagan finally having one of those games that we were used to. What did you think about his play today? It was great. He's back in his natural position, you know, given Jamal Johnson, the the more point guard role, the more um, it's, it's more on you to get people in sets. And, and he did a fantastic, fantastic job of that today. And Allen got back in that role that he was used to when we were playing games earlier in the year, when we have Powell and Turbo and guys like that. 
and he he showed out tonight. He was hitting big shots. He was going to get to the free throw line. He was getting rebounds. He, he, he was great. The TV announcers described him as being creative. And I yeah. think that is what a shooting guard and what his typical position, uh, the two guard, uh, for another way of saying that is they're best when they're able to adapt. They're able to move around a little bit more. They're not focusing on setting the rest of the players up. And while I want to stress that he still had some point guard responsibilities tonight. And I think that was beautiful job by coach Bruce Pearl to, you know, we weren't in the locker room, but you could kind of tell that's what would happen. He looked at both those guys and said, you both are point guards. We're going to try to keep you in together as much as we can. So y'all can, share that responsibility and when that happened you saw both of them maximizing your potential you know to be fair alan flanagan more tonight with 20 23 points uh seven for 14 from the field uh had an outstanding game and this is the type of game that we saw from him early on the season when he was shooting up the nba draft boards do you think it's too little too late for him at this point yeah i hope it is so he can come back next year (laughs) so you're being selfish is what i'm yes yes um (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I, I do. I do just um, just because I think if we were playing in the postseason, I don't think it, it is uh, because you because you saw guys like, uh, for example, Jarrett Culver at Texas Tech when they went on that run. You know, he shot up the draft boards like in late March, you know, while the tournament was going on because he was playing so well in the tournament. So I think if we had a postseason play then no, it's not too late. But now with only two games left, yeah, I think it is. When I'm looking down the stat sheet right here, one of the things I like to look at for a barometer is how often that Devin Cambridge is is shooting the ball. When you take 10 three-pointers, that tells me that you are feeling comfortable enough that I can risk a couple of these things. So he didn't have the greatest three-point percentage. He knocked down two of them tonight. But I think that's a good barometer test for how well the Auburn offense at least was feeling tonight. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, him shooting 10 three-pointers shows you that he is a shooter and shooters are going to shoot. And um, whether they're going down or they're not, they he knows that the next one's, next one's going to go in or the next one's going to go in. Well, that one I missed, the next one's going to go in. Um, and that shows you that confidence and that leadership that he's building. And I'm really excited about him. And when you look at the starters here, you know, all producing that probably it loosens everybody else up to be a little yeah. bit more creative as well. So when, you know, you've got a guy going off like Alan Flanagan that really kind of is drawing the attention of the defense towards him to stop him from what he's doing. It begins to relieve a little bit of that pressure off of it, defensive pressure, but pressure individually as well to, to produce. And it opens up a little bit more creativity for a lot of these players, maybe a little bit more, too much in the case of Devin Cambridge with three-point <laughs> shooting. But, hey, man, shoot your shot. Shooter's going to shoot, as you uh, said like that. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T 
t-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. What else stuck out to you? Now, what other players stuck out to you from the from the bench or even the starters tonight? You know, early in the game, you know, I thought JT Thor was going for 30. Uh, he he <laughs> got a three and then he made a step in move and then like got an M1 or something like that. And he was getting boards and um early in the game, I really thought we were about to see something crazy from JT Thor and something that he could rise up draft boards from. And it's like, we didn't play him that much in the rest of the first half. And really that much in the second half, he still scored 10 points on four of eight shooting. Uh, Didn't get to the free throw line, got five boards. Um, But it, it seemed like we went away from Thor and, you know, some of that was good, you know, going to Allen and going to Cambridge and Jamal and even Jalen. Um, but early in the game, JT Thor showed why he's going to be a fantastic, fantastic pro player. I'm going to put that in the decision column for Coach Bruce Pearl, pulled him out and said, all right, don't get any crazy ideas. You're not going pro this year. <laughs> <laughs> we already were risking three going pro at the beginning yeah. of this year. We can't have you thinking about doing this too. Um, so, you know, Auburn's actually looking in a pretty good position right here. You know, there's still the question up in the air whether Sharif will will leave or not. I think most people are getting that feeling that he's not going to go somewhere. Uh, but, you know, at this point, at the end of the season, different circumstances, Auburn could be looking at four players leaving, yeah. potentially four starters leaving to go yeah. uh, into the NBA. Thankfully, it looks at maybe like at least three of those four that we've mentioned probably won't be doing that, which means yep. that things for next year could be setting up very well here. This is a very small note, but I just think it's worth mentioning. You know, we have been seeing Preston Cook and Lord Behrman getting a lot of playing time. And when I say a lot, let me just preface it by saying that, not by most people's standards. They're not getting 30 minutes or 10 minutes. Either. You know, they're they're just seeing more time than you would typically see, like not, and not just throwaway time. This is a game that was close the entire way. Why do you think Coach Pearl is giving these two, and especially Behrman, a little, a few extra minutes. I think he's, I, I mean, at this point, why, why not? Um, mm-hmm. uh, especially from Preston Cook, you know, he's coming in when Jamal got in foul trouble uh, in that first half when he got three fouls, and Jamal was our, he wanted Jamal to be the guy at point guard, and Flanagan stepped in that role as well. Um, but to give two minutes of rest to, Flanagan at the point guard role and let Preston Cook do that and and Behrman as well um I think it's a great strategy shift yeah yeah I think you've got to start getting some of these guys more time uh so that you know with with the up in the air of whether Sharif is going to be back for any of these games we probably don't believe that he will uh, but you got to have some guys ready to compete because you got two important games that's and that's I want to reiterate this to folks here I get that we're not playing in postseason play. This the season is over after this week. You better enjoy it. And what a way to start off the end of this thing. Auburn has an opportunity yeah. to end above 500. Now, it's going to be tough, <laughs> but they have an opportunity to do that. So if you're down in the dumps right now, uh, you know I know you can't be after a win like today, but, but leading into this game, enjoy it while you have it because this might be the last time that you see Sharif Cooper in a jersey hope not 
we hope that we've made the case to him that you don't need to uh, go just yet, but maybe that's what's going to go on there going forward. Uh, bench points, only two. Does that upset you? Do you kind of let that go? Well, what do you think um, about that? We've got you know, two or three guys on our starting lineup that should be coming off the bench, but um, and I think that's just going to take away from that. Um, I don't think it's that concerning. I mean, especially considering – all starters except for Jalen Williams were playing 30 or more minutes. Yeah. So they were on the floor most of the time. So can we talk about my boy, Bob Batunde and yeah. his, yeah, uh, I, I love this guy so much. He's yeah. becoming my new fan favorite in terms of like uh Horace Spencer used to be my fan favorite and arguably one of my favorite basketball players Auburn's ever had, but the boy gets so excited when he gets the ball <laughs> To the point he had the easiest dunk, especially with his yeah. arm length, everything to throw down and just like threw it into the to the back iron and it just yeah. launched out of there. I, I I think personally he's just not seen enough time, whether that's by design or just because of opportunities are not there, that when he gets the ball in that position to score, and because I've been there. You know, I've I've had those moments where I'm not getting the time that I would necessarily want. And so when you have those opportunities, you get so excited and just amped up to do something. Yeah. And you can imagine with him in that position to dunk, he just throws it down. I I don't know what we need to do for Baba Tunde, but I'd like to see him contribute just a little bit more than he has. And with yeah, eight minutes to play, agree. I'd hope there'd be a few things there. He did get seven rebounds though. So that's you know, he almost led the team in rebounds. So I gotta give him a little bit of credit there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I completely agree. Eight eight minutes is a, a little less than I think it sh- sh- should be. Um, but yeah, I think you nailed it exactly right with him just getting a little too excited when he gets the ball. And, you know, I've been there as well. You're getting too excited when you're not, um, when you're not really in the flow of things, especially when you first get out there, you get the ball and you get a dunk that easy that, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll make 10 out of 10 times in practice or, you know, he'll make it, he'll make it if he does it, if he, if he gets that dunk again, but he just got a little too amped up and he, he did throw it right off the back arm. I got to see more from my, my man stretch. Cause you, like I said, you're my fan favorite. When you get those opportunities, man, you got to put it in there and show coach Pearl that you need some more time. Cause I'd love to see you out there a little bit more often. Uh, you know, just looking down the team stats here, uh, there's not really anything big that sticks out to me other than free throws. Yeah. 90% for Tennessee. Granted, they only shot 10 free throws, so they made 9 out of 10. That's still good, though. Uh, 65% for Auburn, 24 of 37 attempts. Wow. So if you miss half, uh, just a few less of the, like, half, make a few more of those. This is a game that's well in reach for Auburn. Yeah. Um I think this shows one of those moments where, you know, a young team is hyped up, things yep. are going our way, and we're not focusing on the little things like just knocking down free throws. Yeah. It's very frustrating for me. I need you to <laughs> – I'm going to get mad if we keep talking about it. So what's, what's another stat that sticks out to you from the team stats? Uh, I think uh, lose, or winning the turnover battle is huge. Um, you know, a little, little higher than I want uh, for turnovers. I think we should be between eight – and 11 ish, you know, we've got 12, but winning the turnover battle is what's so big. And yes, we only won by one turnover. Tennessee had 13, we had 12, but that's, I, that's big. Cause you know, in previous games, we, we haven't won the turnover battle or we've got yeah. destroyed in the turnover battle and it's showed in the outcome. 
Yeah, in times, that's really what's put us out of games, especially on the road. So, you know, where you have a little bit of a cushion at home where you can maybe forgive some of those things, it's nice to not have that be another thing, you know, along with free throws that kind of puts you in a position to not get this upset because this is something that Auburn really need as an injection in the arm to, you know, move it forward in these last uh, couple of games here, which one of them is going to be very tough. So with that, I think it's time we should discuss that because I know you're itching to talk about it. Yeah. And that is the next game against the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa at that air hanger of a stadium called Coleman Coliseum. (laughs) Number six, Alabama, currently, as of the game they are playing right now, I have not seen an end on it. Um, As of this moment, when I wrote our notes down, they were 18 and six. 13 and two in league play. The game will be at 6 p.m. Central Time this Tuesday, March the 2nd. And I believe that there's not been a TV announcement for this yet, which is kind of odd with a game of probably this importance. Well, that may be why there's no announcement because they're trying to see how everything else shakes out. Because right now, Alabama, um, if they beat Mississippi State, who they're playing currently, they will have a share of the SEC regular season title. Um, so whether you, it depends on how you look at it. Auburn can play spoiler regardless, meaning spoil them from uh, getting the outright uh, championship for the regular season or can spoil them altogether if Mississippi State somehow beats them. I don't think that's going to happen. But regardless, Auburn has an opportunity to spoil their biggest rival. How excited for you are this? Oh, let's do it. Please, Auburn. (laughs) Auburn, please do it. It's uh, going to be a tough task, though. Are you it surprised is. by how well Alabama's done this year? Absolutely, absolutely. I think they're built. Uh, I think they're built to do it. You know, they've got they've got talent all over their team. They've got senior. I mean, they've got upperclassmen. They've got transfers. Um, Nate Oates is, I mean, coaching his tail off right now, and uh, and they've been really successful. And it's it showed. It showed. Um, but I. We should have beat them in Auburn Arena. We should have, I, which would have been the easier route to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Them. Because they will be celebrating a uh, Iron Bowl championship in the <sighs> arena. Yes, I had to say why, it. Why? <laughs> but here's the thing is at least our SGA presidents show up. Now, he has oh, an excuse yeah. this year with COVID-19, but yeah. I'll, I'm just – just going to say that, you know, they've made it a habit of not showing up at uh, when the, it goes the other way at, at our arena yeah. uh, when Auburn has gotten the Iron Bowl victory. So a little bit of unsportsmanlike there for them. So we'll be the better sportsman this time around some way, even if we send a video thing in. Um, Alabama did lose um, previously uh, before the game that they're currently playing to number 20 Arkansas on the road, 66 to 81. So when I look at Alabama, Gray, I don't see – and an outstanding resume outside of conference play. They have beaten everyone they pretty much should have in conference play outside of Arkansas. And I forget their other loss uh, in conference play, but Missouri um, Missouri, and that at the time, and probably still to some degree is a okay loss for them. However, you look at their non-conference, they lost to Western Kentucky. They lost to Clemson. Uh, You know, these are not teams that, you know, especially, Western Kentucky, you know, there was a time where they were somewhat formidable. Uh, I don't know if that really is the case anymore. So is this a case of just Alabama feasting on the SEC and is yeah. going to get pummeled when it comes to actual non-conference play and postseason? Or do you think that they're actually legit? I think I don't think they're going to get pummeled in, in uh, the NCAA tournament because I think they've built a winning mentality roster 
and they are good, and, but they are just running through the SEC, who's probably probably one of the bottom conferences conferences right now in like national ranking and stuff like that. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, uh, Aub- this Auburn team has more ranked wins than this Alabama team. So this resume <laughs> that Alabama is building and is trying to get a one seed or a two seed in the NCAA tournament is not that great. It's not, they're good. And I'm not going to discredit them, you know, winning the SEC title, but the resume is not that good. So that's, what's surprising to me about this is that we've during the conversation, you know, if you want to say as the top team, in the SEC, they're in the conversation for a number two seed. Sure. They really shouldn't be taken seriously. Am I like, honestly, I, I, I am aware that I'm an Auburn fan. I have my orange and blue glasses on. I'm trying my best to yank them off my head right now. I just don't see it. Now I'm saying this knock on wood and they'll run us into the wood probably on Tuesday. Um, but I really just don't see them. I don't think they're the best team in the sec. I honestly think Arkansas is. And I think that is, you know, a testament to them uh, getting beat by Arkansas on the road, granted uh, in Fayetteville the other night. Uh, but I've been the most impressed this season, not by Alabama, not by Tennessee, not by Missouri, uh, not even by LSU because Auburn was kind of in some dire straits at that point. Yeah. Uh, but Arkansas, I think, is the best team in the SEC as of this moment. And isn't it funny that we're still not talking about Kentucky? <laughs> That's great. It's well, great. Kentucky. They're, they're just, you know, you know, they're they're there. The national media wants so bad to make a case where they can get in there, and they're just no, no, bro. <laughs> the CBS eleven o'clock game. Let me let me Dang. just put it to you guys on this: but Auburn has a better chance of getting into the NCAA <laughs> tournament than Kentucky, and they can't. That's how how awful it's been for them this year. Of course, now I've said that, and it'll prove to be untrue. They'll they'll, they'll win, go the, win the SEC tournament. Exactly. <laughs> That's just the way my luck goes. Anyway, exciting game coming up here. Auburn's got a big two games that have implications for other teams, but still implications for themselves and the perception of the program going forward. Um, Get a 500 win on the end of the year if you can win these last two games. So lots to look forward to, and we'll hopefully be talking about a win when we get back together. That's all we have here on this episode. But before we get out of here, Gray, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at GrayO21. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at TigerEye24. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?